Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Now, we're beginning a new series this morning, and I believe it's going to bless you tremendously. I'm titling it Operational Faith. It's something the Lord gave me in the Spirit. And you know what's unique about that is I've taught on faith for almost 40 years. And, and being uh, having a real deep heritage in, in, in faith and, 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 and watching and hearing the teaching and not only teaching it myself but applying it to my life. I, I tell you, I've concluded this. This is the only way to live. I've lived by faith. It'll be 39 years coming up this March 2023. For 39 straight years, I've lived by faith. Lived by faith. In that 39 years, I've seen major diseases healed in my body. Lee and I have handled millions and millions of dollars. We've been around the world I don't know how many times. We've got missions works all over the world in this wonderful church we're raising up right here in Galveston, one of the most least likely places on the earth. Amen? But faith works if you understand its operation. Now let me say it again. Faith works if you understand its operation. Now, beginning... Before we read our scripture in John 10, you must understand that faith is a basic doctrine of Christ. Hebrews chapter 6 speaks, the first two verses speaks of what we call the basic doctrines of Christ. One of those doctrines with the laying on of hands, eternal judgment, is faith toward God or faith in God or what I would call operational faith. Now, that's so different from what the majority of Christianity thinks when they hear the word faith or how they embrace the word faith. And one of the best ways I can explain that is this. In our, in our travels over the years, our many travels, places we've gone, we always have an opportunity to witness to people, witness to them on an airplane, in an airport, in a ca- cafeteria, hotel, somewhere on the beach, I don't know. Uh, we're always doing, you know, one-on-one soul winning, talking to people. And what's amazing, if you start talking to somebody, and especially if the anointing gets in there, you're just going to start talking about what God's done for you. And you'll talk about this and talk. And I've had many times, right in the middle of my conversation, somebody stop me and say, hold on, hold on. Can I ask you a question? And they would say, I'd say, yeah. I'd say, of what faith are you? You ever heard that term? Of what faith are you? Has no relevance to faith. The question is actually this. What are you? Are you a Catholic? Are you a Baptist? Are you a Pentecostal? Of what faith? So most of Christianity views faith as a brand of how you believe, which has nothing to do with actual, what actual operational faith is. Now, John chapter 10, verse 10, I wanted to begin here. Because there's just been some things said to me lately and and some things that have happened that we need to really, when 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 you solidify yourself in the doctrines of God that you know work, I don't preach anything that I hadn't proved. If it ain't work for me, I sure ain't gonna feed it to you. Amen? But this has worked for me. Now, number one, John 10, verse 10. Let's read that real quick. Or I'll read that real quick. John 10, verse 10. I call this the dividing line of the gospel. And listen, let this be the division in your mind and in your heart of what is of God and what is not of God. Let me say that again. 
Let this forever, 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 forever establish in your heart what is of God and what is not of God. John 10, 10, the thief. Everybody say the thief. Now, this is Jesus speaking. So he is identifying the force of evil against humanity in the earth. We know that's the devil, that's Satan, that's the demonic powers, but he categorized them or he, he, he reveals them as what? The thief. Cometh not, but for to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. Say that with me. Steal, kill, and destroy. Now who is that? Who is that? Now who said that? Jesus said that in the Bible. It's the thief that cometh not, but for to steal, kill, and destroy. So anything in your life that is coming to your life for to steal or to kill or to destroy is not of God. Amen. Amen? And all of this rhetoric about God allows, God allows. You need to dig into that book and you need to find out what God does allow and what God doesn't allow because God does not allow, still kill and destroy him. That's not God. That is not God. Hey, you know, what was it? It was some, some disaster that took place, natural disaster, here in the last couple of years, two, three years, and they call it over and over on the news, an act of God, an act of God, an act of God. You know, even insurance companies write into insurance policies, acts of God. Well, I sure would like to go to court because I got, I got a law book here that I guarantee you let me loosen this law book and I'll show you scripture after scripture after scripture where God has not appointed his children to wrath that God does not have evil and he cannot put evil upon you. Amen. And God does not use the wicked things the devil does to you to try to teach you something. It's the word and the spirit that are your teachers. One of the most erroneous phrases ever used in humanity is experience is the best teacher. Well, how many of you when you were wild and crazy did thing after thing after thing and it never taught you nothing? Well, I'll never do that again. And you were doing it the next day. Revelation is the best teacher. Revelation knowledge from God will teach you all things. Spirit of God is your teacher on the inside. Now, the thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. But what did Jesus say? I am come. That right there ought to make you rejoice. Because that's God saying that. I am come that you might have life. Everybody say life. Now that word life is the word Z-O-E-R, Zoe in the Greek, which means the quality of life in which God himself enjoys. Why is that such a fantasy in our mind? You know, that we have to live from trial to trouble to tribulation to problem. That's not true. The Bible says our life is from faith to faith and glory to glory. That doesn't mean you're not going to fight any battles on the earth. That means for every battle that you have to fight, God has already gone before you and given you the victory. All you have to do is enter into his victory and be blessed of him. That's what faith does. Faith reveals the reality of what God has done for you in Christ and puts it into an operational mode. Are you with me? Now go to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. My goodness, how many times have we taught out of Mark chapter 5? But I, wanna, I want to, we're going to go to verse 22 this time. And I want to say this because th this helps qualify the direction I'm going this morning. The Gospels are a documentation of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, His glory. And I think many times that we're so focused on the miracles that He performed that we forget 
many times that it's not God walking on the earth doing these miracles. It's a man walking on the earth in correct relationship to his God. Jesus stepped out of deity into humanity, retaining through his blood that element that was necessary to bring redemption to the earth because man's fallen nature was not in the blood of Jesus. Because his blood came from the word of God. Amen. But as he walked the earth, he did signs and wonders and miracles. Uh, healings, which were what? Alterations and diseases, which brought forth, brought forth health and healing into people's bodies. Uh, uh, miracles of provision, feeding uh, 5,000 and 4,000. That was just the men they counted. There was thousands that they fed supernaturally. He stilled the sea. He, he, he raised the dead. He did all these supernatural miracles. But in reality, the majority, close to 80% of all of the miracles recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus did not go do them. People came to him for his power. Now think about that. Mark chapter 5, we're fixing to look at two people right there. Neither one of them was Jesus looking for. Neither one of them did Jesus make a special trip to find them. Neither one of them did, 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 uh, did somehow he have an, uh, an angel guide him or a word from God. He was just being Jesus walking around and people came up to him and said, I want what you got. And they got it. How'd they get it? He identified how they got it every time. He identified every time. Thy faith has made thee whole. Thy faith has healed thee. Thy faith has delivered thee. Go in peace. Thy faith has made thee whole. He tells us over and over and over and over again, faith is the open door of God that brings the provision of God into our lives as we operate in it. Now, Mark chapter 5, I like it because Jesus defeats the three D's. Everybody say the three D's. In Mark chapter 5, Jesus defeats demons, disease, and death. Demons, disease, and death. Now, in verse 22 of Mark chapter 5, it says, well, let's go to verse 21. And when Jesus was passed over again by ship and to the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh to the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers. Now notice this, rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly saying, my little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee. Now listen, listen. I pray thee. Come and lay thy hands on her that she may be healed or that she may be healed and she shall live. Now, now listen to that. Listen to how it's recorded. The Holy Ghost is the one that inspired uh, Mark to write this gospel and I guarantee he got it just like God wanted him to get it. And listen to what he said now. Listen to what he said. I like this. This is Jairus. He said he besought him greatly. He fell at his feet. He's worshiping him. He says, my daughter lies at the point of death. Then he says this, I pray thee, come lay thy hands upon her that she may be healed and she shall live. No maybes, no ifs, no ands, no buts, nothing like that. Now notice, he's a ruler of the synagogue which gives him authority in the area which he could have demanded Jesus be brought to him. They had guards in every synagogue that would have done that. The Sanhedrin would have made sure that happened. But he, now this is such an important point. This is the very basics of faith. When you come to God with a problem in life, 
And if we're going to define what operational faith is, it is that which is produced by the Word of God. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Romans 10, 17, period. You don't get faith through inspirational testimonies. You don't get faith because you're just a Christian. You don't get faith because you're born into a faith family or go to a faith church. You've got to get into that Bible and you've got to open up your heart and you've got to let God reveal to you the great mysteries of the gospel which he loves to unveil in people's lives. And if, he will let, if you will let him do that to you, faith will come to you. You can't pray for faith. I've had people say, Pastor, we need to pray for more faith. It doesn't come by prayer. If it came by prayer, we'd pray for it. Comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing, not by having heard, by hearing and hearing and hearing this book, every other book on the planet. Once you read it, you've heard it. This book, you can read it a thousand times and you're still hearing, 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 hearing. No other book like it on the earth. I said no other book like it on the earth. And with that which you hear, which God reveals to you, you can expect God to watch over his word to perform it. Amen? So, coming to God, especially in the crisis of life, you got to come the right way. He could have came religiously. He could have came mad. You know, hurt many times produces anger. He could have said, hey, man, get yourself over to my house. You're supposed to be a miracle worker. What can you do with my daughter? You think that would have got him anything? Wouldn't have got him anything. You have to come in the right way. You can't come blaming God. You can't come mad at God. You can't come say, why is this, why is this befalling me? You can't do that. You've got to make a decision. God's my only answer. I've got to have some faith to get through this. And I'm going to do everything I can do to get some faith. I guarantee you, God will meet you at your point of need. He will give you the faith that you need. And then by that faith, he will watch over his word to perform it. Amen? So here's Jairus. He's got a confession of faith. I love it. I don't know what he heard about Jesus. But obviously, he had faith in the healing ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, his laying on of hands. He must have witnessed it. He must have heard a powerful testimony. He came to Jesus. He said, you come, you lay my hand, you lay your hands on my daughter and she shall live and be healed. So off they go. The next scripture says, now notice. It says, and Jesus went with him. Boy, isn't that a great day when God starts moving on your behalf? And much people followed him and thronged him. But then we start Right in the middle. Right, here's Jairus. He's being holy. He's being righteous. He's walking in faith. He's making the right confession. Jesus is moving on his behalf. They're headed toward his house. And all of a sudden, you got verse 25. And a certain woman. It's always a woman, isn't it? <laughs> I'm sorry. I was raised under Brother Osteen. I'm still being healed of all that. Amen? <laughs> Not really. A certain woman. Are we going to my house? My daughter's dying. We're going to stop messing with this woman. Amen. Certain woman had an issue of blood. 12 years. That's a long time to be bleeding, folks. Has suffered many things of many physicians. Was nothing better but rather grew worse. So right in the midst of Jairus walking by faith, receiving a miracle in his own household, a woman 
who apparently this force of faith had had an effect on. Amen? You say, why? Look at the next scripture. Look what it says about her. It says she suffered many things of many physicians, spent all that she had, was nothing better but rather grew worse. But when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind him and touched his garment, for she said, if I touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. Now, wait a minute. Why in the world would a woman who it was illegal for her to even go on that street because she had a blood issue, a blood problem, a blood disease, and under Hebrew law, if any other Hebrew or Jewish person approached you, you were to cover your head and cry out, unclean, unclean, away, away. She didn't do that. She busted onto that street. And I don't see her elbowing her way through the crowd. I see a desperate act. I see a desperate act. A weakened woman of 12 years. 12 years of, uh, of an issue of blood. 12 years of all your money's gone. 12 years of suffering under physicians. I see a woman probably crawling on her knees, getting knocked down, getting, but not dissuade in any way from getting to the hem of that garment. And I've heard some teaching on some significant things about the hem of the garment. But if you go back to chapter 3, you see that people were touching him, touching him, touching his garment, and they were being made whole. So she had heard of that. Faith cometh by what? hearing and hearing by the word of God. But she has these four different things in her life. She's got a physical thing. She's got a mental thing. She's got a financial thing. And she's got a spiritual thing. They're all negative in her life. Her spirituality, she hadn't been able to go to church for 12 years because they won't let her in. Her financial state, broke, no money. Her physical state, sick for 12 years. What's her mental state? Well, I guarantee you she's discouraged. She's depressed. She suffered for all that. But, but, but she heard of Jesus. She heard of Jesus. You're missing that. No, no. She heard, 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 heard of Jesus. She didn't listen. She heard. She didn't listen. She heard. What's the difference between listening and hearing? Listening to something, you, you, you reserve it in your soul to make a decision on. When you hear something, you act on it. When you hear it, you act on it. Brother, she heard it. She said, I'm, I'm, uh, that's it. I ain't got no other hope. Hopeless, she came onto that street. Weak, she came onto that street. Bleeding, she came. I guarantee you that, that issue of blood probably manifested the worst that it ever manifested the day she walked on that street. That's just how the devil is. I said, that's just how the devil is. But she kept moving. She kept, now notice this. This, 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 this is really interesting. For she said, there's the relevance of confession. If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straight away or immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Now notice this. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him. Power, that's the word power, had gone out of him. Turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? Now, wait a second. Could you, he's, he's in a crowd that's thronging him. So people are bumping into him right and left. I, I guarantee you there are probably people touching him out of curiosity. Let's just see what will happen. They didn't get anything. They're probably teaching people touching him religiously. Religion, oh, he's a rabbi. I want to touch him. He didn't get nothing. Get nothing. But a little woman with an issue of blood heard he was a miracle worker. He heard it, she heard that people were touching his garment and being made whole. And that on the inside, now listen to that. 
that little snippet of information. You go, come on. That little snippet of information was more than enough to overcome 12 years, 12 years of all these, all this noise of these voices screaming at you saying, you're sick, you're broke, you're not any better, you can't go to church, over and over and over, louder and louder and louder. Pastor Dodie Osteen's testimony of being healed of metastatic cancer of the liver. That impressed me so much because I was in Bible school and that happened. She said this. I thought it was so good. She said when they sat in that office, they looked across that desk and said, hey, you got six weeks. There's no medication we can give you. She said, cancer said this in my body. Cancer, you're going to die. She said it was a screaming voice in my mind. But then what is it? 147 scriptures every day. Every day. A year of a fight, a knockdown, drag out. Twice they thought she'd died. But you know, at the end of that year, they went and did an examination of her liver and she was totally healed. Totally healed. She said this, as I confess those scriptures every day, as I said my body's healed, as I said that cancer's defeated, as I said it, as I said it, as I said it, as I said it, it was working, it was working, it was working, it was working till when that last day we went to the doctor, that voice, cancer, was this little bitty cancer. And this great big voice inside of me screamed, by his stripes, I am healed of God. She's still chugging along at 89. You say, why? Because faith works. Oh, well, God just did that for her. She's a pastor's wife of a big church. No, let me tell you something. Many pastor's wives has died. Many, many pastors have died. Many others have died because they were unwilling to totally embrace and take that word and stick it in the face of the devil and say, you can't override that. That is the word of God and not back off of it. Now notice this. He turned in the press behind him and said, Who touched me? His disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou who touched me? He looked around about to see her that had done this thing. Uh, A Greek translation I read, read said this. It said, Jesus examined the crowd to see who had released faith. Now, wait a second. You say, well, didn't Jesus know who she was? No. I thought he knew everything. No. Couldn't God tell him? No. See, that's our misconception. We've let men tell us about God, and we've not let God tell us about God. So we think God sits up in heaven, and he can do anything he wants to at the earth on any time. Did you know that's not true? Because God is sworn by his word to uphold his own word. And he gave this earth to man. And he's only visited it one time. And he came in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he left. But he did something great. You say, what did he did? He sent himself right back to live on the inside and empower on the outside through the person of the Holy Ghost. And God is here. And Jesus is here in the person of the Holy Ghost. And Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he healed a woman with an issue of blood, he'd heal you right there where you sit. Jesus did not look for this woman, nor did he look for Jairus. They found Jesus. They found a word, and then they found the word. 
All you got to do is find a word and it's going to take you to the word. Who touched my clothes? The disciples said to him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou who touched me? He looked around round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, now notice this, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. He said unto her, now notice this, Daughter, daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Well, why would he say that? Why did he say, I made you whole? Why did he say God's power made you whole? Why did he say I'm anointed by the Holy Ghost? That made you whole. You know what he was doing? Because Jesus is the consummate teacher. He's using every miracle he did as a teaching moment and he's identifying the only thing that could have got that woman that miracle. Faith. Your faith has made you whole. What was her faith? A simple snippet of information that said this guy is healing people just by the touch of his garment. That's all she needed. Think of how long those voices of sickness and disease, of poverty and lack, of hopelessness, and of, and of no, how those, those voices for years had had time to amplify their voice in her mind over and over and over. Every day she got up sick. Every day she went to bed sick. Every day. But one little piece of information was more than enough to not just get her healed, but to make her whole. You say, what do you mean? Because she just, she just wasn't sick financially. Oh, excuse me, physically. She was sick financially. She was sick mentally. She was sick spiritually. Notice what, notice, no, Jesus is so cool. Look what he does. He said to her daughter, daughter, daughter. Where, where, where are you reading? You're reading, in, you're reading, in, you're reading in Mark. Jesus hadn't died. There ain't no daughters on the earth. There's no daughters on the earth. They're servants of God. That's what Israel was. But he looked at her and said, Daughter! You want to you cure 12 years of a spiritual dearth? How do you do it? You identify her with the family. Come on, church. She, listen, she, she, she became a Holy Ghost person right there. She's like, yeah, all this religion's cool, but I'm going to follow this guy right here. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to stay behind this guy. I'm going to follow this guy. Daughter, go in peace. How about her mental state? Twelve years of doctor said, you're not getting any better. Pay the bill. You're not getting any better. Pay the bill. You're not getting any better. Pay until she had no more money. Peace. That element of God that comes upon your mind no matter what you're going through. When you go through it, you think, why am I going through it like this? I should be concerned. I should be worrying. But you don't. You just kind of go, well, praise the Lord. <laughs> we'll get through it. Hallelujah. Amen. By faith. Come on, church. So she was healed physically. She was healed mentally. She was healed spiritually. And I believe God began a financial restitution because he said, go in faith Go, uh, go in peace. Your faith has made you whole. The word whole in Greek means the entire assembly of parts put back together. Made whole. Not just healed. Not just healed. Now, she was operating in operational faith. Her faith was not something written in the flower of a Bible. Her faith was not something that sat on a manual in some book somewhere. 
Her faith was a piece of revelation, a snippet of information that was divine, not human, that went into her spirit and caused faith to rise. With that faith, she got her miracle. Did you know we've all done the same thing? And even a greater miracle than being sick 12 years with some terrible disease? When you got saved, you used operational faith because you just couldn't sit there and wait for a fuzzy feeling. Well, when I feel all tingly, I believe I'm saved. No, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now, in closing, let me say this, and we'll pick this up next week. We got to see what happened to Jairus. Anybody can receive anything from God anytime they're willing to probe the mind of God to find out what the will of God is for your life. Now, when it comes to our covenant, we do not argue over any, any of the wills of God. You say, what do you mean by that? I believe it's the will of God to save every person on the planet. If I didn't believe that, I wouldn't act the way I do and live the way I do. I believe it's, I don't believe in this Calvinism, predestination, when God saves somebody. The Bible says, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And the Bible also says, for God so loved the world. Not just a few chosen, but he loved the world. Listen, if he said he loved the world, he loved the world. Amen. Amen. And by the word of God, which we responded to, when revelation came to us that we were sinners, we needed a Savior, and the Savior was supplied in Jesus, we had to, by faith, do what? Use our belief system. Now, let me close with that because that will help you because you can something you can stay aware of all week long. The Bible shows us in several Scripture references, Romans being one, that our belief system, everybody say system. Now, you think of the systems of your, of your, of your body, of your physical body, and even of your, of your soul. Think of your cardiovascular system. You have a nervous system. You have a digestive system. Amen? You have, a, you have a, 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 your nerves and all that type. You know, all these systems make up our body. And I'm going to tell you, they're all very, very complicated. Most of medicine now specializes. Now, there are doctors that are, you know, family practitioners, but you see that less and less. Most people specialize in certain things with certain places in the body. We have to realize that our bodies are in a state of perpetual and continual deterioration from the time we're born. Amen? But God, in His great love and in His great mercy, has given us a complete redemptive covenant that includes everything that goes counter to what God created the earth to be. The last thing that's going to come under our feet and His is the actual experience of death. Be put under our feet. The rapture will take place, which everybody gets to participate in. If you're in heaven, you get to come down. If you're on earth, you get to come up. Amen. I like what one preacher said years ago. He said, what's unique about, about the rapture? He said, when, you, when, you, when everybody goes up, all the labels fall off. You know, when everybody goes up, all the labels fall off. The same thing happens when everybody goes down. They all burn off. But your belief system all these complicated systems. If you need heart surgery, don't go down there and get somebody who knows how to clean fish real well in a book. Go to the doctor. Why? 
complicated system, but the most important system of your life, which is not your cardiovascular, not your digestive, not, it's your belief system made up of two things, your heart and your mouth. With the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. With the mouth, confession is made. Confession takes possession of what the will of God has established and that which grace has provided. Now let me ask you a question. With salvation, maybe here this morning, we'll give an invitation in a few minutes for people to get saved or to get right with God. But with salvation, God is not looking down from heaven and saying, if I can get them to the altar, I can save them. If they'll hear the message, I can save them. He's already saved them all. One of the most profound teachings I ever heard, a man named Brother Kenneth E. Hagin, who was a friend of our families and a great mentor to us, he taught on the Lamb's Book of Life. You ever heard of that? Come to the altar and God will write your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. I've made altar calls like that for almost 40 years of ministry until I heard this teaching. He taught out of the Scripture what the Bible says. The Bible says, there's nowhere in the Bible does it says when you get saved, He writes your name in the Lamb's book of life. Do you know what the Bible says? The Bible says the day you're born, your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And you have a lifetime to make sure it stays there. And He doesn't take that name out until the day you die rejecting His Son Jesus. That's why the Bible says even on your deathbed, you can call on the name of the Lord and be saved. That shows you how important operational faith is. We receive the greatest miracle, which is salvation, by believing in our hearts, confessing with our mouth, and using our belief system. We said this last week as we concluded the teaching on our end times uh, position or posture. You know, we want to, we want to, we want to be sober. Amen. Not under the influence of the world or the world system. We want to watch and pray. We want to cover each other with love. We want to do the will of God. That's what 1 Peter chapter 1, chapter 4 talk about. But in the midst of that, we're going to be a generation that's going to have to walk in faith like no other generation. We are facing epidemics, pandemics, financial crisis like the world has never seen. Oh, it'll all go back to normal. No, it won't. We, we, we've passed the, part, the point of debarkation where we can go back to normal. We're, we're far beyond that now. Nothing will ever be normal again. As a matter of fact, it's going to be so abnormal, it's going to be alarming to the point the Bible says men's hearts will begin to fail them for fear of that which is coming on the earth. They say heart attacks and heart disease has increased 70% in the last three years. Just, just, just scripture coming to pass, that's all it is. But Jesus loves you. God loves you. You're valuable. You're important to God. No matter who you are, no matter how you fail, no matter what you've done. And as we close this morning, let me ask you a question. Do you know Jesus is Lord and Savior? You know, sometimes I think we, sometimes we think we, we do know Jesus, but we don't. I, I'm reminded, I don't know why, it just came to my mind. I had a friend for many years, I witnessed to him. And for many years, he, 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 he rebuffed me with a story of his own salvation. He claimed to be saved because his mother saw him in a vision in Vietnam. And he was at a, at a listening post. And at this listening post, he left this listening post 
And when he did, uh, an entire regiment of NVA attacked that position. But he was saved and he was able to bring information back to his unit and they were able to counter a big push that was coming. And his mother wrote him and asked him how he was, said she had seen this vision and that's exactly what happened to him. He thought because of that he was saved and he wasn't going to deny it. I'm sa- but I kept witnessing to him. Kept, got to the point where I couldn't hardly go by there because he'd argue with me every time. Then he got in a crisis in life. And in a crisis in life, he cried out to God. You know what happened when he cried out to God? He found out he wasn't saved. He was religious. He knew a little bit of something. Somebody had a dream or a vision, but he wasn't saved. Thank God he got saved. He believed in his heart. He confessed with his heart. It's that simple. You might not have to join the church. I have to do that. No, no, you have to believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. So every eye closed, every head bowed. We close our eyes. We give people their space when we do that. You know that? When you close your eyes, you're kind of encompassed in your own space there. And we give people their space because they're making a a very powerful decision. Actually, it's the most important decision of your life. If you don't know Jesus, He loves you. He cares for you. He died for you and rose from the dead so you could be saved. What that means is He's going to get you out of the human family and put you into God's family. All kinds of benefits. (laughs) Heaven's your home. You become a child of God. I like to say it like this. The name that was in the Lamb's book of life in pencil gets written in blood. They just go over your name in blood. They're not going to take it out of there. Amen? So if you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, I want to pray for you. Or if you're here and you say, Pastor, I do know Jesus. I've been saved. But you know, I don't live for God the way I should. I'm not living right. I'm not doing right. I, I've come to church this morning, but I, I, I'm, just, I, I'm really kind of prodigal. Like the prodigal son. I know what that's like. I was like that for many years. So this morning, with every head bowed, every eye closed, you say, Pastor, I don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Or you say, I do know him, but I'm just away from God. I need to be right. Please pray for me. If that's you, lift your hand right now. Anyone anyone at all? Thank you, Lord. I see your hand. You can put it down once you've raised it. God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Quickly. Quickly. Let me look one more time. Praise God. Now, you know, uh, the past few weeks, one week we had seven, another five, one six, but another one. We love it when it's just one. Oh, hallelujah. If we, we, if, we, if we can reach one person, one person get right with God. One person get saved. Hallelujah. Praise God. So I'm going to ask everyone to stand. Everyone to stand, if you will. One, one, one gentleman raised his hand. So I, here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray out loud, and we're going to do it so our own ears can hear it. Amen. And the gentleman that raised his hand, when you pray that prayer, I want you to settle it. When we say amen, I want you to settle it that you're right with God and you're going to stay right with God. Amen? So out loud, everybody pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, right now, openly, publicly, I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Heavenly Father, I thank you. Jesus came to the earth virgin born, lived a sinless life, did signs, wonders, and miracles, died on the cross, rose from the dead, did it all for me. I believe it. I receive it. I accept it. Heavenly Father, areas of my life that are not pleasing to you, thank you, Father. Your blood, the blood of your Son, cleanses me from all sin all unrighteous. Thank you, Lord. As I stand here at Island Church, the last Sunday of September, 
I'm right with God. I've got right. I'm going to stay right in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Now shout, thank God. And you that raised your hand, be sure and tell someone you prayed that prayer on the way out. Amen. Praise God. Father, thank you for this day, for your great blessing, for the faith of God that comes from the Word of God. Lord, we thank you as we leave today. Psalms 91 is operational faith in our hearts. Thank you no evil befalls us. Thank you no plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Thank you that a thousand can fall on our side. Ten thousand on our right hand. It will not come nigh us. In our travels on the highways, airways, seaways, railways, or in the righteous labor of our hands. Thank you, Father. You keep us from trial, tribulation. You keep us from trouble, disaster, and tragedy. That we abide under the shadow of the Most High. Thank you for the zeal of God in our heart, for refreshing, reviving, awakening us. Thank you for the harvest of God. Lord, let this week be a week whichever encounter we have, we're able to share Jesus, His love, His compassion, and His mercy. Father, we leave today walking in faith and love towards You. We love You so much. We leave today walking as the ambassadors of Christ You called us to be, thanking You, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the Word, anointed by the Holy Ghost. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.